Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Three great words. Free fries Friday. Especially when they're used in that exact order. Get a free medium fries with $1 minimum purchase. Bell one time on Fridays at participating McDonald's through 12-31-24. Excludes tax must up to rewards. And now, and now, prepare yourself for the only talk radio show you'll want to turn up. Crank this thing. Sirius XM Pandora presents the place where your hard rock and metal voice can still be heard. Unfiltered, uncensored, say whatever you want. Hit the record button. Anything can happen, you know. I know that ain't nobody out there came to be mellow tonight, now did you? I say, I say there ain't nobody. I say there ain't nobody not out there that even wants to be a little bit mellow now, is there? This is the Trunk Nation Podcast with host A. Trunk. Hey everybody, it's Eddie Trunk and welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. New every Thursday. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode with some of the great interviews that you guys love with the uh, biggest names in the world of rock and metal. Be sure to check it out. And uh, subscribe. This way you don't have to worry about, you know, was there a new one posted? You get it immediately. And again, new ones going up for you every Thursday, available free on all your major podcast platforms. Hope everybody has uh, is having a good week. I hope everybody has a uh, had a fantastic Christmas and has a fantastic New Year's, as this is the final podcast being posted for the year of 2022. Of course, a whole nother year a podcast coming. And as I tell you guys every t- uh, every week, the interviews you hear, the content you hear in the body of this podcast all originated on my radio show, which is called Trunk Nation and heard Monday through Friday live on Faction Talk. That's Sirius XM Channel 103 or anytime you want on the Sirius XM app, audio, video, and more. If you only listen to the podcast and you are in the U.S. or Canada, you're only getting a tiny, tiny fraction of what I do every day on the radio. So please come on board and join me every day for live rock talk, interviews, and anything you want, of course, always on the app, on demand for your schedule to fit in so you can listen to it however and whenever if you can't listen live. And hey, it's the holiday season coming off of Christmas. Maybe some people got SiriusXM subscriptions for the holiday. So to the new audience, be sure to uh, go over there and check out the show every day. If you just got SiriusXM and you've been listening to this podcast, go to 103 and listen to me every day. Or again, grab all the content you want on the app. What I have for you today is something a little bit different. It's very, very rare that we do a podcast that does not have an artist interview. But this week we will. Because this is, as I said, the final show for 2022, and it's time to look back on the year of 2022. So in today's podcast, I'm going to bring you pretty much the entire radio show that I did about a week and a half ago 
looking back on the year 2022 in rock. And what I did here was really run down an overview, more than a ranking, an overview of as many rock and metal records as I could think of that came out in the past year. Because I find out, it seems, that so many people, like records are dead a week after they come out. People just don't even know they came out. They Maybe they don't get airplay. They don't get sustained support. So this is more of an overview with a few comments about all the records I could think of in the world of rock and metal from the past year. Few other thoughts worked in in there as well. You know, I do talk a little bit about some of my favorite shows and what have you. But really a year in review to look back and uh, reflect on on what came out in what was really the first normal year in a couple years because of the pandemic. So with all that in mind, Enjoy a look back on the year in rock 2022 on this special edition Eddie Trunk podcast. Enjoy. Believe it or not, we've reached that time again to look back on the year. Yep, 2022 is almost in the books and uh, not a lot going to happen in whatever time is left in 2022. So it's a good opportunity to look back and reflect on the year in hard rock and metal and some of the releases and some of the stories and some of the things that we touched on here on Trunk Nation, but predominantly the music and the releases. And I'll touch on some other stuff later on in the show, but I think it's important to run down as many records as I can that came out in 2022 relevant to the Trunk Nation audience. And when I say run them down, I mean literally just list them maybe talk about the bands for a minute or two and the significance of the records and what have you. And the reason why I say that, and and the reason why I want to do that as opposed to like giving you my top 10 or my top five, which we can do at another date. I mean, we can do that in the next week or two if we want to. And I am going to engage with you guys as I do on the air and want to hear from you on some of your favorite records and concerts and all of that good stuff from 2022. But in this particular show, I really want to run down as many records as I can and that come to mind that came out in this past year. And here's the reason why. You often hear me talk about how often new music comes out from whether it be classic artists or established artists or whatever it is, and how quickly it completely goes off the grid. Like the buildup to it coming out, And then in like a week, it's forgotten about. I've said it many times. There's like, oh my God, look at where we entered on the charts in week one. And then by week three, the record's gone. And people completely forget about these records that come out. And I think it's a real problem because there's no sustained support or awareness. Some of the blame for it even falls on the artists themselves, in my opinion. Because often, you know, they move on from it very quickly. Often they don't put it in their live sets. Again, all the promotion is front-loaded, and then by week three, they're on to the next thing, and so are people that might be interested in it. And sure, a lot falls on the media and radio as well. So I want to talk about these records, and by doing so, maybe it gets you to revisit them. Maybe it creates some awareness for them, and you didn't even know they existed to begin with. There's a lot of different angles to this, and of course, this being a talk show, I I can't play you these records or them, you know, full songs or what have you, but as I often say as well, 
we're in a day and age where you can literally get any song or any album you want in one click on your phone. So really, it's more, to me at least, in this instance, about creating awareness and knowledge of these records if you didn't know about them, talk a little bit about them, and give you as much of an overlying view of some of the things that came out in the last year. And I'll throw in my thoughts where I can about these records as we go. And then it's up to you to make notes if you want, or maybe you know the records already, maybe you agree, maybe you disagree, maybe you didn't even know they came out. But the bottom line is just creating that awareness for them. So that's what a lot of the show is going to be about today as we look back on 2022. And if there is time, I'll run down some other things I'm looking forward to for next year and maybe some other highlights from 2022. I think we can all agree that thankfully 2022 was a year where for the first time we really got back into a normal groove again coming out of COVID. 2021 was all over the map, and then 2022 is really where it almost felt back to being 100% normal, thank God, and let's hope that, of course, it stays that way going forward. So for a lot of artists, it gave them an opportunity to get back out on the road and for us to go to shows with no, no real restrictions, which is great. And in a lot of cases, these records that I'm going to talk about right now in this show as we review the, the last year here, most of them were written or conceived during the pandemic, during that time where artists had nothing to do but sit around at their house and write and noodle and try to create. So that's also, you know, an underlying thing. The COVID thing, although we hope we are fully behind it and it is behind us, as we talked about in 2020 and 21, we were going to see a barrage of music come out from a lot of artists who made records while they couldn't tour and did anything and did nothing but be home. So with all that being said, let's dive in right now. And in no particular order, and again, this is not, I mean, I'll make you well aware of records that I love, don't get me wrong, but this is not any sort of countdown or list in any way. It's more of just an overview of some records that relevant to you guys that you should know about came out in the past year, and that hopefully if you aren't aware of them, you'll go out, seek them out, and maybe buy them, God forbid. <laughs> you know, maybe go to a record store and actually buy the CD or the LP or the cassette. Yes, some of it's out on cassette. You know what I'm saying. Or at the very least, you know, go to your streaming service and click on them and listen and become aware of them, and then maybe... Uh, this stuff will have a little extra life to it. So we'll start with a band that I really, really have a tremendous amount of respect for, and that is Hailstorm. Hailstorm released a new album called Back from the Dead, uh, picking up where the previous album Vicious left off. The album is very heavy, very, very heavy riffs. And of course, Lizzie Hale, one of the most gifted singers we have, and certainly rapidly becoming a role model for future women in rock music. Lizzie is a friend and has been on this show many, many times, and we've talked about this many times. She herself had a lot of role models coming up, but she has now ascended to the point where she has become a role model for so many. And to see so many women in music now, in rock music, whether they're performers or behind the scenes, is great. And Lizzie has been great at championing that cause, but above and beyond anything, 
making great records. And uh, this new album is really killer, Back From The Dead. And again, extraordinary voice, fantastic band. I think sometimes with Lizzie being such the focal point of the band, the, the, the rest of the band gets a bit overlooked. And they also bring it. And a band that is defiantly and fiercely proud of being 100% live when they play. And you know how I have the utmost respect for that. So Hailstorm Back From The Dead album did very well. Uh, the Steeple, one of the big tracks from that record, which will probably become a regular if it hasn't already in their live set. And I would expect to see that band continuing to tour in 2023 behind this record. Uh, Lizzie was on this show as she was attempting to make the record with the band in Nashville with our friend Nick Raskulinitz producing it. And then finally, we got the record in 2022. So that starts us off again in no particular order. A record that came up recently on the show from a caller just calling uh, in the praises of it, and I couldn't agree more, is the new album from Alter Bridge, Pawns and Kings. And uh, this album really is a crushing heavy rock record. I've spoken about this before. Alter Bridge, for whatever reason, some somehow gets put into like this category of alternative rock, whatever that even means anymore. But I for I firmly believe that they are just a blazing killer hard rock at times metal band. I, I don't think people realize how unbelievably heavy Alter Bridge are and their riffage, and also the fact that Mark Tremonti, of course, is the primary guitar player in the band, but Miles Kennedy is also a phenomenal guitar player and loves playing guitar. And unlike in Slash's band with Alter Bridge, he very much plays guitar, not only on the records, but live with Mark. So the new album that we got towards the back end of 2022 from Alter Bridge is just killer. 10 tracks, some epics on here, really slamming stuff. Miles, a phenomenal voice and great guitar playing. And uh, just a great band across the board. The rhythm section, Ryan Marshall, Scott Phillips, just so good. So thick sounding this record. Uh, once again, working with Elvis Basquette as their producer. And it really is amazing how prolific these guys are. I mean, you think about, you think about uh, Miles juggling Slash, juggling Alter Bridge, and now he recently launched a solo career and released a couple records. And I know that he finished touring with Slash for their new record, which we'll get to in a minute, and then went right into the studio literally the next day and started working on an Alter Bridge record. How this guy has this stamina to tour nonstop around the world and the creative stamina to be able to write for three different projects at this level is incredible. It really is. Uh, he is without question one of our most gifted and certainly prolific artists in rock music. And, you know, my favorite Alter Bridge record remains Fortress, but I got to tell you, this thing is right there. And it reminds me in a lot of ways of Fortress. And Alter Bridge were shortchanged on their last record, Walk the Sky, because COVID hit just as they were touring for it. So that record was a little under the radar. Uh, they are now currently on tour. 
in Europe, where they are a huge band supporting Pawns and Kings, and the U.S. run will start early in 2023. If you are not not down with Alter Bridge, not hip with Alter Bridge, you got to do yourself a favor and get into some Alter Bridge. It is just unbelievably great, straight up heavy hard rock with phenomenal songs and vocals. Pawns and Kings, phenomenal album. And if I do do a top five or top 10, my personal list will certainly include it. Next up, a record that we covered quite extensively. We had the guys in the studio performing for us on one of our specials this year. And we also were the first ever interview for the band with their new and current singer when we did a special with them and Scorpions from the lobby of the uh, Zappos Theater in Planet Hollywood in Vegas as Scorpions started their residency. I'm talking, of course, about Skid Row. Really interesting year for Skid Row when you consider that they changed lead singers right as they were about to complete a new record. Changing from ZP Theert, who they had been working with for a while, a few years, and uh, literally in the 11th hour, hiring Swedish singer Eric Gronwall to re-record the vocals on the record, which he did from his home in Sweden, and then begin as the new singer in the band by opening for Scorpions on their residency in Vegas. And it was a very, very strange and crazy time because... I will never forget for 2022 getting a phone call from Snake and Rachel saying, we got to talk. And I said, well, I'll see you guys in Vegas in a few days. They go, no, we got to talk to you about something. And they told me privately at that time that they had changed singers, which just blew my mind. Now that we're a little removed from all of that, the consensus on Eric Gronwall being the new singer in Skid Row, and of course he was a Skid Row fan, his first interview as the singer in Skid Row was on this very show from that Scorpions event along with Snake and Rachel and, you know, really risky move for those guys at the time. And being honest with you, I saw the very first show he performed with the band. And as you would expect, having only known them a few days, he was, he was kind of figuring it out, but uh, vocally there isn't anybody that would tell you that the guy is not a powerhouse singer and universally for the most part, the response to him being in the band, and more importantly, this record, The Gang's All Here, has been very, very positive. And many feel it's the best record the band has made since Slave to the Grind. I, of course, love the third record, Subhuman Race, but I will say uh, this record, if you were or ever were a Skid Row fan, is a record you got to check out. I mean, there are I mean, there are moments in this record that sound like the first record, moments that sound like the second record. There are heavy moments. There's an epic song on the record. The production's fantastic from Nick Raskulinitz. Snake and Rachel and Scotty, uh, well, Snake and Scotty uh, back to playing dual guitars again and trading off. And a collection of songs very long awaited that they took a long time writing. And I really think the production and the release and the promotion of it has done it justice. A, a, a fantastic record from Skid Row. And I, uh, Absolutely. Look, there's a segment of people I'm fully aware that will not acknowledge or accept Skid Row without Sebastian. I get that. Uh, but 
you're shortchanging yourself on a great hard rock metal record. Yeah, more hard rock, but uh, because it is a phenomenal record. It really is. So uh, Skid Row, the gang's all here, one of the more recent records of 2022, and a record that you will see the band continuing to tour. They just came back from Europe, and they will continue to tour more focused on the U.S. in the new year. Another release, and this one was a major one, Ozzy Osbourne's Patient Number 9, the second record that Ozzy made with Andrew Watt as his producer and co-writer. One of the interviews that I had in 2022 recently was producer Kevin Cherko when we did a producer spotlight with Kevin from Vegas not long ago. Kevin did the previous Ozzy records, the last two done by Andrew Watt, whose history is more in the world of being a pop writer and producer. But Andrew's history is also in rock music, and that's starting to come through a lot now. I, I first met Andrew when he was even younger than he is now, playing in a band called California Breed with Glenn Hughes and Jason Bonham. And he's built a tremendous uh, career for himself and is now really the Svengali behind Ozzy Osbourne. Patient Number 9 has some fantastic songs and performances on it, and one of the uh, signatures of this record are all the guest appearances, where they went out and got a ton of, as they call it now in the business, features. Guests that uh, collaborate or make guest appearances on tracks, people like Jeff Beck, and of course Tony Iommi, Ozzy's bandmate, also appearing on the record. I think... You know, what you saw with this record, and it's pretty obvious, is they realize that Ozzy is obviously at this point in his life with the health issues that he's having, not able to fully work and promote a record. You saw very limited interviews, some stuff in print, but not a lot of video. Uh, they literally sent an inflatable Ozzy around the country to help create awareness for the record. And the quote-unquote live performances we saw, if anyone is being totally honest with themselves, we know they were not really live. So, you know, whether it was virtual stuff or whether it was a track at a sporting event, whatever. So we have yet to see Ozzy, you know, work a stage and sing live. And I, I certainly hope that if he's well enough, we do, but I'd be shocked if we do, uh, especially given the type of promotion we saw for this record, which I think was really designed to create awareness for the record, but not expose some of his limitations and what he's dealing with. To me, nothing's more important than health. The guy owes us nothing, but somehow he is able to get in the studio and uh, get you know, good vocal performances and work with Andrew Watt and these songwriters and people that have worked on these records to help create these records. Ozzy's, album up for a number of Grammys. You all know how I feel about the Grammys and when it comes to rock and metal, regardless of who the band is, it's utterly random and it's impossible to take seriously, but I'm sure they are. They would love to win some just the same. So patient number nine from Ozzy against all odds, a new studio record from him in 2022, the second with Andrew Watt involved and the second that's really good. One of the biggest emerging bands in the last 10 years, certainly in the world of hard rock, is Ghost. We got a new album from them in 2022 called Impira. Hope I'm saying that right. 
And it's a record that to me, when I listen to it, has elements of, you know, it almost at times sounds like Def Leppard. Uh, there, there are moments where it's, you know, that big produced vocal sound and drum sound and things like that. Endlessly fascinating to me, the love and support at radio and at metal that Tobias Forge and his project receive. And I don't say that in a negative sense. I, I just, it's just amazing to me. The, the, the world of ghost is just so interesting to me because you have a band that at times makes absolute pop music, like pop rock, some of their songs, but the metal community goes crazy for them, whether it's because of the image or what have you. And then, you know, very polished, produced sound, but against that image and that look and that character and all the, the visuals that are created. And what we've seen from Ghost, whether you like them or not, is really impressive because they have emerged and, and built themselves to be, without question, one of the biggest newer bands in rock and metal. To the point that in 2022, they went out and did arenas in certain cities and did quite well and brought a huge stage production out with them. So a well-received record, Call Me Little Miss Sunshine, one of the lead tracks on this record that was quite popular, and a band that has a lot of love from the radio community, the media community, and despite the fact that some of their music is decidedly unheavy, certainly the metal community as well. Impera, I hope I'm saying it right, Impera from Ghost, a 2022 release. And it also seems like Tobias Forge is quite prolific in pumping out the records because he's you're getting a Ghost record every year or two, which is uh, also nice to see. But again, when you're a newer, younger band and you do have that love and support at radio, it makes sense to put out new music. You hear from a lot of classic bands that don't want to be bothered putting out new music because they know it's dead on arrival. But if you're selling it and it's it's propelling your touring and you're getting love at radio, yeah, of course you'd want to put it out. Another band that I get a lot of people that call in and talk about and has a very passionate, loyal fan base is Clutch. And Clutch released an album in 2022, Sunrise on Slaughter Beach. If you are a Clutch fan, there's nothing not to like about this record. I had mentioned a few times to some of the callers that if I can track down Clutch's uh, frontman, Neil Fallon, who I had on that metal show back in the day. I'd be happy to have him on. Thought I had a contact for him, but I didn't. I looked. But uh, he released and they released a, a record that many, many like and is doing quite well for them and their fan base. So I wanted to be sure I mentioned that as well. A record that maybe, well, I don't want to say flew under the radar, but I mean, a big band that released a new album I guess maybe it's it's still very fresh because it came out very recently, so more towards the back end of the year. So I think you're going to see a lot of carryover into 2023 for this record. But that band is Disturbed, and their new album, Divisive. And again, a band to me and to my ears that continues to go in a heavier and heavier direction, which is great. You know, they've got that groove to them. They've got that vibe to them that they established uh, many years ago with The Sickness. But Disturbed continues to evolve and get heavier. And uh, David Draymond and company, I'm sure you'll be seeing out on the road a lot in the new year with Divisive being still a relatively new record. I believe the official in-store date was only 
maybe even not even a month ago. And I would not be surprised if you see Disturbed on a lot of the summer touring uh, festivals or uh, I should, well, they, they feel like touring festivals because many of them all have the same lineup, but festivals that are out there, uh, keep an eye open for them, no doubt. And uh, we're due to have Draymond on the show. I haven't had him on in a while. Have to reach out and see if we can line him up in the new year, if not before. Uh, know David for quite a while and happy to have him on when we can line that up. Another more, what's the word? I hate to say modern. These guys have been around like 30 years, but Korn released a new album in 2022 called Requiem. Korn continue to be a juggernaut touring live. I saw them at Rocklahoma uh, this past year on Labor Day weekend, and it is amazing what's going on with their stage show and uh, some of the really creative, unique things that they're doing as far as live performance. When they played, they had a screen in front of them for the first like two songs you didn't even see from the audience. You just saw the band in silhouette, and then the screen came up. And they are also a band that has new music very well received by their fan base and at radio and released uh, a new album again in 2022, Requiem. So I wanted to mention that one as well. Touched on these guys a second ago when we mentioned Skid Row, but a band that released a new record that a number of years ago said they were retiring and not only like so many other bands did not retire, but also made new music is Scorpions. And Rock Believer was a new 2022 release from Scorpions, which I don't think anybody expected from a band of that age. And Scorpions were very adamant leading into this record to want to make a record that they felt really captured their earlier period, like the blackout era. And did they succeed? Well, look, I'm not going to lie and say they created something of the level of blackout. I mean, you, you can't be 76 and suddenly be 26, you know, or, or 36 overnight and just capture that same energy. That being said, they made a hell of a record. If you've not heard or didn't take the time to check out the Scorpions record, Rock Believer, and you are more of a classic-leaning hard rock fan, you are missing out because there are phenomenal songs on this record. Now, there's a couple that aren't great. I'm not going to lie to you. There's a couple that are kind of like, cheesy scorpions a bit but for the most part there's some great stuff on here that harkens back to love drive animal magnetism blackout production's real good klaus sounds real good there's some anthems on the record there's some really cool darker songs you know that that kind of remind you of china white or something like that there is an expanded version of the record there's like a lot of songs on that maybe like 15 and the title track, a, a great anthem as well. So Scorpion's album did not disappoint. They had some issues making it because if you recall, they were originally going to make the record with Greg Fiddleman, who does Metallica, among others. And they were going to try to make a record with Fiddleman that was going to be extremely heavy. But they ended up not being able to work with Greg after starting with him because he was based in Los Angeles and the band were recording in Germany. 
And because they were doing this during COVID, they could not get to each other physically. So they attempted to make the record with Fiddleman on Zoom and the band at a studio in Germany, but they had to abandon that because the time difference, which is somewhere around nine hours, just wasn't working for either of them to be able to work together virtually. So they ended up going with the engineer to do the record that they had there in Germany, and it worked quite well. I mean, Fiddleman still has a credit on the record and actually I think has some co-writes on the record as well. But an album way, way better, and I would venture to say maybe the best new music Scorpions have made, I mean, easily 30 years. I mean, there's been new records, but they've not been nearly as good as this record is. So strongly recommend for the classic fans out there, which is most of you, if you slept on the Scorpions record, go dig it out, go find it, go buy it. Really, really good record. And the live shows were real good as well. I saw them several times live because of the Vegas residency and me having a home there. I went to several shows. Look, I mean, are they going to have the same energy on stage that they had when they were doing the Human Pyramid and all that? Of course not. They're in their mid-70s at this point. Many referenced how Klaus was just kind of standing there when he sang. Of course, he's doing his best to get it out. Uh, my only criticism of the live show where the solos were too much and too extensive, but that's also a byproduct of age because it gives Klaus a blow. So they got through it. They got through the residency. They even did a tour of the U.S. after that. They released a fantastic record. I think it's way more than anyone should expect from a band given their age. And it was all of a more than respectable quality. Another band that had a record come out that came out of a bit of controversy, but was finally released and to very, very good response is the Megadeth album, The Sick, The Dead, and The Dying. And we had a uh, great special with Megadeth from the launch of their residency in Vegas at the Zappos Theater. We had Klaus and Matthias and Rudy all join us on the show for about an hour. I believe that's still on the SiriusXM app if you want to go check it out. Uh, that's I'm sorry, we did that with Scorpions. Back to Megadeth, who I'm talking about now, we had that entire band join us in the studio in Los Angeles. And that was awesome. And they performed live for the Trunk Nation audience and, of course, did uh, a new song and a couple classics, and we took some questions. We had a live audience there. So that was a big highlight for me of 2022 to do that special with Megadeth, and that is on the SiriusXM app with complete video as well. As for the album, as I mentioned, born out of a bit of controversy in the David Ellefson story, you all know that by now, what went down there, and Ellefson's tracks being removed from the record we didn't know who ended up playing bass on the record. We later found out when Dave Mustaine revealed that it was Steve DiGiorgio. However, it's James Lomenzo returning to the band as their full-time bassist going forward, doing the current tour, and of course also uh, being in the band for recording purposes going forward as well. The Sick, the Dead, the Dying. The Sick, the Dying, the Dead. I always forget the order. <laughs> But a brutally heavy, ruthlessly relentless metal album, 
uh, Mustaine in fine form, the band in fine form, Dirk Van Buren, Kiko Luriero, uh, just killing it. And very elaborate music videos to support this record. Mustaine went and did a, a, a mini movie, a trio of like three, four videos to support the movie, uh, to support the record rather, basically making like a 20 minute movie if you pace them all together. Uh, put them all together. And it's interesting because not a lot of bands spend that much time and money and effort on video because obviously they just live on YouTube. But Mustaine, who had a lot of success with video back in the 80s and early 90s, uh, putting a lot, maybe more so than any band we're going to talk about today, into making music videos for the band's new album. Megadeth did some touring with Lamb of God. They also went out and did some touring with Five Finger Death Punch. I would expect more touring from them sometime next year in support of their 2022 release. Very heavy, all-out thrash record, and uh, nothing you wouldn't like, I don't think, if you are a Megadeth fan. You know, I talk all the time about bands that put out new records, all this hype, all this excitement, and then it's like almost people forget that they came out. And in 2022, I think you could put this record in that category. Def Leppard. Def Leppard put out a new album this year, Diamond Star Halos. And the album did okay out of the gate. It did well. Uh, but, it, you know, it didn't sustain, obviously. Uh, but the band made a real good, straight-up hard rock record. I think the opening track on the album, Take What, uh, Take what You Want, is, uh, I think it's called, it's around that, I don't have it right in front of me, but I, I thought it was the best song they've made in a really long time. Sounded like it could have been something off of Pyromania. I thought the song Kick on the record had an unbelievable hook on it and should have been, if there was any justice, a huge radio hit. It wasn't, not surprising. But the band uh, went out there and we did a launch with those guys, which is also something I forgot about that I personally did in 2022, which was cool. The first uh, show they did in support of the new record was at the Whiskey, a Sirius XM event that was known as the small stage series that the company does. And I had a chance to host that at the Whiskey in LA, see the guys. They performed a couple songs from the new record. And, of course, a bunch of classics as well. And Def Leppard also, of course, goes without saying, co-headlining the stadium tour, the only band on the stadium tour that actually had new music out to support. And they played a couple songs from it in that setting. Diamond Star Halos, great record from the band. It kind of came out of nowhere. Nobody knew that they were even making one. And, again, one of those records that was a byproduct of COVID. Talked about it at the top of the show. There's so many albums that artists made, maybe at times quietly, and those records finally came out in the last year. And we know that because the guys revealed in my conversations with them and others that they actually were not even in the same room when they made this record. Because of lockdowns and such, and because of them living all over the world, uh, they were unable to physically get together, but for the first time made a record with everybody in different areas, sending in the parts and then piecing it all together. But it sounds great. I think they did a great job, and I give them credit for being a band that, with the hits they have and the catalog they have, clearly doesn't need to make new music. 
but still feel it's important to do so every few years. Our good buddy Chris Jericho and his band Fozzy released a new album in 2022 called Boombox. In that same year, uh, Fozzy had something happen, which is pretty unheard of. They had one of their earlier singles, Judas, be certified as a gold single. I know because I have, they sent me a gold record for it and it's on my wall. So that is an accomplishment from their catalog, which is very, very cool to see. And then, of course, released a new album with Boombox that came out. Uh, no shortage of issues, though, with Jericho, who, of course, also uh, works in the world of pro wrestling. In the middle of touring for the record, he was clotheslined, hurt his voice, hurt his throat, and was derailed from touring for a while in support of this record. As we speak, he is now better and touring in Australia and other parts of the world with his band Fozzie. And I, you know, I got to tell you, and I've said this before, uh, having known Chris long before he even had this band, Chris really had to battle the stigma of this band of being just, you know, a pro wrestler's side thing to get his kicks. And it really isn't. It's really something he, he and his partner in the band, Rich Ward, are very passionate about. They put a lot of time into building it. They put a lot of time into getting past that stigma of just being a vanity project for a pro wrestler. And they have been embraced. They have uh, been embraced at rock radio. The track I still burn from this record is played constantly. I hear it on rock radio when I'm in Vegas. So he really has built this thing to a point that he is now being embraced at rock radio and has built an audience that transcends just the wrestling audience that would know him. So Boombox from Fozzy, a 2022 release. I'm going to pick up the pace a little bit because there's so many records to get to. A major release that came out with a bit of controversy, actually, is the new album from Slipknot, The End So Far. Corey Taylor from Slipknot, also a guest on this show, visited me at my Vegas studio, and we talked a little bit about this record as well as his solo career and other stuff that he's working on. And the reason why I say that The End So Far has been a bit of a controversial record, I mean that only with the Slipknot fan base, who always liked the band to be at max aggression in terms of heaviness. And on this new Slipknot record, they absolutely you know, got a little wider and changed it up a little bit and decided to get a little more diverse I mean, it's certainly still a heavy record to me. It's, still, it's certainly still a slipknot, but they experimented a bit. They tried some different things. And uh, as somebody who admittedly was never a huge slipknot fan and is more of a fan of stuff that has some melody in it, I love what they did. And I, I love the direction that they went in with this record. Now, I think in the end, the fans will come around to it that haven't, but it's been a bit polarizing to the point that <laughs> one of my favorite moments of the year, Corey Taylor in an interview, I think it was in NME in England, when he was asked about some of the Slipknot fans complaining about the direction they went in on the new record, basically like literally said, shut up and listen to what we give you. <laughs> Only Corey can get away with that. Only Slipknot can cop that attitude with the fans, you know? Great stuff. Slipknot the end so far. I spoke earlier about the Hailstorm record, 
Back From the Dead, which was actually the first record I talked about in this rundown today. And uh, an artist that did some touring with Hailstorm and another female-fronted band and a woman with an incredibly powerful voice just goes by the name of Dorothy. And her name is Dorothy Martin. But she just goes by the name of Dorothy, as does the band, and released a new album called Gifts from the Holy Ghost in 2022. And it's a killer record. It really is. And she also has a powerful, powerful voice. The lead single from the record called Rest in Peace did very, very well for her. She went out and toured, uh, did some, some shows in a supporting position, and also went out and did one of her most ambitious headlining tours in 2022. If you like female-fronted hard rock with great vocals, I would strongly suggest checking out Dorothy. She was also a guest on this show more than once, I believe, in the past year. And I would assume that in 2023, she will continue touring in support of this record. Uh, a really, really strong new album from Dorothy. Newer artist, if you're not hip to her, check her out online and have a listen to this new album, Gifts from the Holy Ghost. Another record I want to make mention of, which uh, amazingly, I have not had this guy on the show, and he's an old, old friend, and I'm sure we will in the new year. One of the problems with having him on the show is he, he's been living, he's from New Jersey, but in recent years he's been living in Belarus because he married a woman from there. And I'm talking about former Rainbow singer JoLynn Turner, who had been very quiet on the music in the music world for a long time and came out of nowhere with an album called Belly of the Beast, which was a very good hard rock record. And Joe is still a phenomenal singer, as we've heard if you listen to this album. The album came out very recently, towards the back end of 2022. But if you didn't know about it and you were a fan of Old Rainbow and you love Joe's voice, uh, go check it out. It's really, really good. Unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, but really one of the things, as silly as it sounds, that that made big news about Joe Lynn Turner making a record was not the music, but the way he appeared with a shaved head. Uh, Joe Lynn Turner making the revelation that, which a lot of people suspected anyway for decades, that he had been wearing a wig, and he basically came out and said that, you know, yeah, that's true, and here's why, and this is what I'm rocking now, the shaved head, and he looks good. But what's really interesting about that is there's times where he appears with the shaved head, and other times he puts the wig on. <laughs> And he says it just depends upon how he's feeling and what kind of mood he's in. So regardless of Joe having hair or no hair, he made a real good record called Belly of the Beast. Check it out. Again, it is out now and a more recent release uh, in this past year. A band that continues to do tremendously well at radio is Five Finger Death Punch. They made a new album called Afterlife, which was released in 2022. This band always seems to have some controversy swirling around them. Uh, co that controversy this year was with Ivan Moody, their lead singer, going on stage in Denver, where he's from, and telling the crowd, and I don't know if the other guys in the band knew he was going to do this at the time, but bringing his kids out on stage and telling the crowd that after one more year, he was going to retire from performing with Five Finger Death Punch to spend more time with his family and retire from metal in general. 
Uh, this sent a lot of reverberations, as you would imagine, not only through the Five Finger Camp, but to, you know, through the rock world in general. And then in classic Ivan Moody fashion, not long after, he said, nah, I'm going to keep going. What was I thinking? <laughs> Bringing an exhale, I think, to the guys in Five Finger Death Punch and, of course, their fan base as well. Also, the album's significant, and that's it's the first that they've made without Jason Hook, the band's longtime guitarist and co-songwriter. Uh, Hook left the band a couple years ago. I know Jason. I saw him in Vegas recently, where he still lives, and he is working on a brand new project, which we should get in 2023. But Five Finger kept chugging along. I saw him headline a day at Rocklahoma this past Labor Day and a new album called Afterlife released this past year. And they will continue touring into the new year, including opening some shows for Metallica on the recently announced M72 extravaganza. A guy that we had on the show that had a phenomenal year so far bouncing back from injury is legendary guitarist Steve Vai, who released a new album called Inviolate. Steve was on this show more than once. And Steve also, in addition to this instrumental album, also announced very recently that he's got another record coming out, which is something he's been sitting on for decades with a vocalist on it that he recorded a long time ago that he's very passionate about putting out and people hearing. Steve is also an innovator in terms of the guitars that he makes and that he creates and that he plays and uh, famously revealed a guitar for this album called the Hydra that featured multiple necks coming out of it, <laughs> which is pretty darn cool. And only Steve could probably handle and tackle all of those multiple necks. We had Steve I on the show as well with Joe Satriani and Eric Johnson when we recreated the original G3. And then Steve came on alone uh, more than once. So Vi has been a regular on the show. Always a great guest. Always cool talking to him about the Roth stuff, the White Snake stuff. And of course, he is uh, out there touring now and supporting his 2022 release in Violet, which uh, more of Steve Vai's remarkable guitar playing showcased on it. And again, that four neck guitar, or whatever the heck it was, called the Hydra making its debut. Want to give a mention to the new album from King's X called Three Sides of One. Criminally underrated band, a band that I personally have a tremendously long history with, and a band that finally released this long-awaited new album. And one of the reasons why it was so long-awaited was because they've all gone through some medical concerns. They originally signed with a label in Australia and then pulled out of that record deal, and it took them a while to kind of sort out the legalities of getting this record out and how it was going to come out, but it is officially released coming out a few months ago and is a real solid record from King's X, a band that we often kind of forget about this when we talk about bands that have had the longest run with all original members, but King's X is easily around the 35 to 40 year mark of being nothing but the same three guys. There's nobody that's ever made a King's X record between Doug, uh, besides Doug, Ty, and Jerry. Great guys, great band, so insanely underrated, uh, but at least they got, were happy that they were able to get a new record out in 2022. They went out and started doing some shows recently, and then they were derailed there as well because Ty Tabor came down with COVID. 
So I would think that 2023 is going to be a more aggressive touring schedule for King's X, hopefully if they remain healthy and together, which we certainly hope they do. But if you didn't get a chance to check it out and you're a King's X fan, Three Sides of One, new album is out there now. Another guy that was a guest on this show, Randy Bly, lead singer of Lamb of God. They released a new album called Omens in 2022. Uh, more of what you would expect from Lamb of God, very intense, blazing metal. Lamb of God also went out and did uh, a tour with Megadeth in the supporting slot, actually. I hosted the date they did in Tulsa at the BOK. Uh, Lamb of God continuing to go out there and tour with a variety of different artists and getting a new record together called Omens. And, you know, when Randy was on, he thought that the previous record was a little bit lost in the shuffle because of COVID. The last Lamb of God album, their first actually with uh, new drummer Art Cruz, the previous one, they really got shortchanged on being able to promote that because COVID hit right where they were in the middle of everything. But um, the good news is that they are able to tour more completely now that most of the COVID stuff is behind them. Although Randy did get COVID this year and they did lose a few shows there due to that. Although they think one or two, they brought a substitute singer out, which we've seen a lot of bands try to do. And I don't really think that works at all, but all health concerns aside, expect a big 2023 from lamb of God. And if you're a fan, uh, a record that again, no reason for you not to like that came out in 2022 called omens. The cult didn't put out a full album, but they put out a pretty extensive EP the album is called Under the Midnight Sun, and uh, the best new cult music in a really long time. If you're a fan of the cult and you slept on this one, be sure to dig it out and be sure to check it out. Again, it's relatively new, and it's, uh, it's a killer record. It really is. And the cult sounding great still. I had a chance to see them perform at an event that I co-host called The Sands in Cancun, just a couple months ago, and they just sounded amazing. And I talked to Billy, and I talked to Ian for a while, and we, uh, you know, we got to line something up for the new year for those guys to come on. It was funny because, as you know, if you're a regular listener, I did my radio show from that event, and uh, Ian Asbury was standing right in front of me where I was doing radio and talking to me. And I said, "You want to put the headset on and sit down?" And he's like, "Oh, I, you know, it wasn't wasn't like a." It wasn't like a dick thing. He was just, he was totally in like enjoying the resort mode and he was with his wife or girlfriend, whoever it was. And they were like going to the beach. And I get it. I totally get it. But he's like, no, no, we got to do something. And you know, great guys. I saw Billy Duffy there as well. And all the guys in the cult. So a uh, great record. If you, if you didn't know that the cult made new music, check it out. And, and at this time, as we speak, they are back in the studio making more new music. So the Cult getting very prolific well into their career also. Another band I want to give a mention to is the Dead Daisies. And this is a band that, you know, there's been a lot of upheaval with. There's been a lot of turnover with. There's been a lot of various lineups and people having different views on the Dead Daisies. And as much as they've worked it, not been able to really crack in a real way. And there's a bit of a stigma, I think, attached to them because I think people just look at the Dead Daisies and kind of know that the guy behind the Dead Daisies, the guitar player in the band, Dave Lowy, is actually like a billionaire. 
who and, and I think the band gets hit a little bit with this stigma of being just a a plaything for a rich guy. But in reality, Lowy is very very passionate about this band and we he doesn't do many interviews but i think it was this year the year before he actually did an interview with me on this show talking about all of this which i thought was very candid and interesting and there's been a lot of people in and out of this band too which i think hurts them a little bit in in terms of being taken seriously but the dead daisies have now made two records including the record they put out this year called radiance with the ageless glenn hughes fronting the band and playing bass. And Glenn, who is now in his mid-70s, remains a powerhouse vocalist and musician. And to that end, I, with all respect to all the people who have been in Dead Daisies before, this is essentially becoming Glenn Hughes's vehicle now. And he is so strong as a singer and as a writer and a player that I think people are now starting to look at this and take the dead daisies a little more for lack of a better term, seriously, and not just a, a rich guy's play thing. Killer record two in a row with Glenn that are just killer. And if you're a Glenn Hughes fan, there is no reason to not be completely down with this record and to be seeking it out and checking it out. It is killer straight up melodic, incredible vocals, hard rock. Powered now by the return of one of my favorite drummers in the world, Brian Tishy, back in the band on drums. Doug Aldridge, who you know from Whitesnake, remains on guitar, probably the longest-running member. And now the band is pared down to a four-piece because with Glenn coming in, he sings and plays bass. So check it out. A really good record, second in a row with Glenn Hughes. Hopefully Glenn continues and sticks with this. We'll see. But uh, Radiance, it is out now, and the band continues to tour in support of it. The latest album from the Glenn Hughes-fronted Dead Daisies. I also want to give a mention to a record and an artist we don't talk about all that much on this show, but a guy that I do know from way back, and I haven't talked to him in quite a bit, but I'm talking about Rob Flynn, and the band I'm talking about is Machine Head, a band that is you know one of the more extreme metal bands, but very very loved in the more hard rock and the heavier end of the metal spectrum community. And Machine Head famously had a situation where pretty much all the members of the band left, with the exception of Rob Flynn, who's the singer and the main guy in the group. And against that backdrop, Rob went out and got new new players and new members and created a new record called Of Kingdom and Crown, which came out. So Machine Head getting back in action. Rob Flynn also very active when it comes to doing stuff online in terms of like a podcast, video cast thing. A very unfiltered guy, always out there, you know, not afraid to jump in and give opinions on stuff, which I always love. Uh, people that are willing to do that is what I mean. Even if I don't agree with their opinion, I love people that are just let it fly because there's so few that do anymore, unfortunately. So shout out to Machine Head with a new album in 2022 of Kingdom and Crown. Let's keep working down the list of uh, some of the albums that I picked. And, and clearly, look, I can tell you right now, I can tell you right now that when I finish this show, 
there is no doubt going to be like a couple records. I'm like, ah, shit. How did I forget those records? So I, I, I apologize in advance because I know, even though I can't think of any now, I know it's going to happen. Anyway, let's get back to the ones I have remembered. Queensryche, Todd Latore was on the show. Queensryche did a bunch of touring opening for Judas Priest in 2022, which continued up until very recently. And Queensryche, uh, to this, these days, consists of just two original members in guitarist Michael Wilton and bass player Eddie Jackson. But I got to tell you, despite that fact, somehow, remarkably, Queensryche continues to sound exactly like classic Queensryche. It's amazing. And they put out a new album called Digital Noise Alliance in 2022, and it was really, really good, sounding exactly like classic Queensryche. Matter of fact, my friend Brian Slagle from Metal Blade called me recently, and uh, he's like, you spent time with this Queensryche record? I was like, a little bit, not a lot. He goes, you got to go back, listen to it. He goes, it's amazing. This is crazy. And uh, I went, I did go listen to it, and it is so it's it's crazy to see a band that is that removed from the original members and has a new singer, not new, but a replacement singer in Todd Latore replacing an iconic guy in Jeff Tate and remarkably sounding like classic Queensryche. Digital Noise Alliance is the name of the album, and it is out now. Also need to give a mention to our good buddy, Mr. Sammy Hagar, who is a frequent guest on this show. And recently had a very revealing and candid interview with us where he talked about the prospects of retiring now that he's hit 75 years old and how he's processing that and what he may or may not do it. And uh, regardless of Sammy's age, he also remains unbelievably prolific in the business world, in the touring world, and in making new music. We're talking about a guy here who has been making recorded music for 50 years, who has a ridiculous catalog of songs and music, but still makes new records every couple years. And in 2022, he went to RCA Studios, the legendary studio in Nashville, and recorded with Dave Cobb, who is a recording uh, record producer who's well known for getting live performances from artists and a very organic sound. And Sammy feels this is one of the best records he's made, even though he is well, well into his career. The album is called Crazy Times. It, of course, features The Circle, which is his band with Michael Anthony, Vic Johnson, and Jason Bonham. And I know all those guys feel very, very strongly about the album. And uh, it is way better than anyone could ever expect from a man who is 75 years old that he can still write, sing, and perform like this and still has the desire to do so. It's really incredible. Sammy Hagar's Crazy Times also out now in a later 2022 release. I want to give a shout out to this EP because in the last couple of years, this band has just blown my doors off with their incredibly real, live, organic live shows. And I'm talking about the reunited Black Crows, Chris and Rich Robinson coming back together a few years ago and uh, still holding it together, thankfully, and still turning in some of the best, truly 100% live concert appearances you would ever, ever want to see. And uh, 
they went in the studio. Now they've got an, an album of original material coming out, but they went in the studio and recorded covers, five cover songs from the year 1972, including a T-Rex song, a David Bowie song, not original material. It's only an EP, but it's really, really good. They went in, did it all live, all very, you know, warm sounding, just phenomenal stuff. So if you want to hear some cool covers from the Black Crows from 50 years ago, check out their EP 1972, which came out in 2022. An artist, a younger artist, a newer artist that I am super passionate about, which I just love what he does. His name is Tuck Smith. The band is called Tuck Smith and the Restless Hearts. And uh, they put out a new album, Ballad of a Misspent Youth, in 2022. Tuck had an album that he did a couple years ago that unfortunately was shelved, which is also a phenomenal record, and I really hope it comes out one point. But he bounced back, put an album out on his own uh, with his band, and that album, again, is out now. If you like straight-up rock and roll, uh, Tuck is killer. Tuck Smith, spelled T-U-K, Smith, and the Restless Hearts, Ballad of a Misspent Youth. For all intents and purposes, the debut record publicly available from Tuck. However, as I said, there is a completely done record a few years ago that due to some legalities got tied up and is not coming out. But I, I've been lucky enough to have that record and hear it. And I got to tell you, uh, it's killer. So I really hope that there's a way somewhere down the line it comes out. But this new one, great as well. Check it out. It is also out now. Shinedown released a new album called Planet Zero, one of the more heavy things this band has done in their career. I mean, obviously not a metal band, but certainly a hard rock band. And they've also, they're also a band that, in my opinion, seems to be inching towards getting heavier with every release. They do remarkably well at radio. They are very embraced there and by extension also do very well playing at festivals and shows around the country and around the world, certainly here in the U.S. more than anywhere. Planet Zero from Shinedown, a 2022 release that was very well received. An artist that we had on this show, we had Claudio Sanchez from the band Coheed and Cambria on the show in 2022. And that was the first time we had Claudio on talking about the band and their history and their new album. The 2022 release was called Vaxis 3. And there is a subtitle to it, which I don't have right in front of me. But they, uh, it was interesting to get to know Claudio, know the story of Coheed, which, you know, is a band that has a very, very loyal cult-like following. They do extraordinarily well. They are the progressive leanings to what they do. And they released, now you want to talk about buying physical product? They released a physical version of this album in a box set that is so insanely expansive, you won't, you wouldn't believe it. I mean, there's a whole comic book element to what they do. It's super geeky. (laughs) And I say that in a a flattering way, but by their own admission, it's super geeky, but they put out a box set. I swear to God, it has like a radio play. It has like a radio in it. It's super expansive. I don't know what it costs, but it's amazing. So check it out if you're onto the more progressive side of hard rock and some of the more sci-fi elements of hard rock, Coheed and Cambria, Vaxis 3, their 2022 release. 
thought an interesting pairing that happened in 2022 was Jeff Beck getting together with Johnny Depp and making a new album together called 18. Now, in all honesty, I have not spent a lot of time with this record, but I did want to give it a mention because it's an interesting pairing. And, you know, Johnny Depp obviously was in the news for other reasons a lot in 2022. But his commitment to being a musician, when clearly he doesn't have to be, guy owns like blocks of houses in Los Angeles, is amazing. And uh, right after he got out of that whole courtroom drama with his ex, the guy went right on the road and started playing guitar again. So whether it's the Hollywood vampires or working with Jeff Beck, Johnny Depp, super passionate about continuing to make music around his movie career and went as far as to make a record with one of the most revered guitar players in history, Jeff Beck, that album called 18 and is out now. Michael Monroe in 2022 reunited with the original lineup of Hanoi Rocks for his 60th birthday and uh, also made a new solo album with his solo band called Live Too Fast to Die Young. And I've been saying this for a while. Michael Monroe is really making some of, in my opinion, his best music in his career in the last three or four solo records that he's made. If you love straight up grinding guitars and just great, you know, rock and roll, uh, you got to check out Michael's latest records, Sensory Overdrive. I mean, there's a bunch of them. And the new one continues in that trend, uh, in that trend, Live Too Fast to Die Young, It's Killer. Michael was also on the show in 2022. I want to give a mention to the band Crobot. I like these guys a lot. Uh, I think that they are, uh, you know, they have killer vocals, great songs. I actually visited Crobot in the studio. They were making their record in Texas, and my friend Jay Rustin was producing the record, and I went down to visit them and uh, had a chance to spend some time with them and hear this record in its earliest stages. The record is called Feel This. If you're not aware of Crobot, if you've not listened to them or you don't know them, I would highly recommend it. Really, really good band. They had some, they were supposed to tour behind the record. They had some drama go on. I don't remember exactly what it was within the band or somebody left or they had some issue on the road. So I don't really think this record got its just due, but it was a really, really solid record. And this band has made a few of them. So check it out. Crobot, feel this, the name of the record. One of my all-time favorite guitarists from one of my all-time favorite bands, UFO, Michael Schenker released a new album called Universal. Uh, and, out, and in full honesty, and I've been honest about this, I love Michael as a guitar player. I feel outside of his first few records back in the early 80s, his solo music is very uneven, album to album, or even the songs within the albums. And, uh, you know, this one is kind of more of the same. There's some great stuff on it and some stuff I could do without, some sort of generic songs and some good songs. Uh, but Michael continuing to be prolific, make new music, again, more than 50 years into his career. He did a bunch of touring in the U.S. with MSG, opened a handful of shows for Wasp, and did his own tour. I saw him play in Vegas at Vamped. Uh, did a ton of UFO in the set. And uh, we'll see if he gets over to the U.S. and does more in 2023. But Michael Schenker Group with a new album called Universal in 2022. Some good songs on there, including... 
a song that was a tribute to the late, great Ronnie James Dio. Want to give a mention to an album by a band called Motor Sister, which features Scott Ian of Anthrax on guitar. His wife Pearl is in the band, but it's really a vehicle for Jim Wilson, who is the main lead singer and guitar player. Their second album called Get Off came out earlier in 2022. Again, straight up riff-based rock with great vocals. Another band that flies very much under the radar, but I think would definitely be worth your time checking them out, Motor Sister. Uncle Ted with a new album in 2022 called Detroit Muscle. And we had Ted Nugent on the show, as we do pretty much like once a year, talking music. Ted is a great music historian, and we spent some time talking with him and talking about this new album, which is very much an ode to his home city of Detroit. Uh, Some great stuff on there. The record clocks in it just about 30 minutes long. It's an easy listen. It's done with the trio of uh, Greg Smith on bass, Jason Hartless on drums, and of course, Ted on guitar and vocals. Nugent also went out and did a bunch of touring recently in support of the record and did quite well. So Uncle Ted making new music even well late into his career. Also a mention for Aldo Nova, a guy that was off the radar for a very, very long time, but he jumped in in terms of making new music in a huge way by making an expansive double rock opera concept record. I don't know how many people will care about this or have the time and this world of short attention spans to dedicate to something like this, but it is a very, very comprehensive, expansive record that, like I said, is a concept and a rock opera. Aldo Nova also returning to making recorded music by re-recording songs from some points earlier in his career. And he did do a live show recently performing at that event that I mentioned earlier that I co-host in Cancun called The Sands. Had a chance to see him and his band there. So if you're a fan of fantasy and the old school Aldo Nova stuff, know that he's back, know that he's active, know that he's made new music. And again, it's called The Life and Times of Eddie Gage. It is a conceptual rock opera. And this record that I'm about to mention is like, it's crazy to say that this thing kind of flew under the radar. But in my opinion, it did because it's a phenomenal album. And I think one of the reasons why it may have flown under the radar a little bit is because the guy behind it happens to also be now, once again, for the last six, seven years, the lead guitar player in one of the biggest bands on the planet, Guns N' Roses. But I need to remind you that Slash did put out a new album in 2022 called Four with his band, Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators, also produced by Dave Cobb, who we talked about earlier with the Sammy Hagar record. And it's it may be my favorite solo record Slash has made with this band. Phenomenal songs. But I think it really suffered from the fact that Slash only had like a month window around his GNR campaign, which is just continuing and continuing originally called Not in This Lifetime, now might be called Never Ending in This Lifetime Tour. (laughs) But, you know, it's a cash cow, man. It's all over the world. But I think this record really, unfortunately, suffered because there was such a short window that he had to promote it. He kind of just popped it out. He did go out and do a run in the U.S. of like three weeks, and then that was it. 
And as a result, the record went away very quickly. But it's a phenomenal record. And for those of you that are out there waiting for new music from Guns N' Roses, I think you're dreaming. I mean, Slash was on the show with us not long ago here, and he did say that there will be more of those songs written for Chinese democracy that him and Duff will overdub stuff on that will come out. But there's no, the band has been together six, seven years. They've yet to write a new song together. So I think you're dreaming if you think that Guns N' Roses is set up for whatever reason and capable of doing that. I hope I'm wrong. But I bring that up because if you want great GNR sounding new music, Slash has now put out two new albums in the time he's been back in Guns N' Roses. So check out four if you slept on it. It's a great record. Some of his greatest playing is on this record. Saxon put out a new album called Carpe Diem. That came out early in 2022. And uh, last but not least, Vinnie Moore, UFO's guitarist, and before that, a solo guitar player and a phenomenal guitar player, released a new album called Double Exposure which came out very recently, not long ago. And I got to hit Vinny up because I know he wanted to come on the show and talk about it. And I want to give him that opportunity. I love Vin. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, UFO got derailed because Phil Mogg having a heart attack. We don't, don't know what their future looks like. But uh, Vinny Moore taking the time away from UFO, where he's been the guitar player in that band for probably 20 years now, to make a new, uh, predominantly instrumental guitar album and again, he's a virtuoso player. If you've never heard his solo records, check it out. Double Exposure out now. All right, there's all the records. Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around with nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you, if you could? Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. But in our remaining segment here, I just want to throw a few other things at you. Uh, top concerts for me, which again, I want to hear those from you as we go forward. But for me, and this is very off the cuff, because I'm sure there are a ton of shows 
that I saw in 2022 that I am forgetting. But some that jump out on first thought, just stream of consciousness, seeing Aerosmith return to the residency in Vegas. I caught two shows. I will see a, well, at the time you hear this, I would have saw three shows to see how good they still are, to have a band that you grew up worshiping still be four-fifths original, to have them be completely live and real, to have Steven Tyler be as good as he still is at like 75. It is remarkable. I am so glad they're active. Don't know what next year holds. We'll see. But Aerosmith coming back and getting those shows in, huge. And of course, I wasn't there, but they also played that big 50th anniversary show at Fenway. Another show, and I talked about the Black Crows earlier, again, so real, so great. And I had a chance to go to the Santa Barbara Bowl in Santa Barbara, California, and see the Crows play there. I never had been to that venue, beautiful venue, beautiful setting. The Crows always changing their set list as great as ever. Sebastian Bach. I saw Bach play at Fremont Street in blazing heat over the summer and uh, against really bad conditions in terms of weather. He came out with his band and just crushed. And uh, shout out to his band that day too, Jeremy Colson, Brent Woods, and Rob DeLuca. But Bach coming out there and singing the way he did and bringing the energy he did for an hour and 15 in like 120 degree heat uh, was just incredible. It was an incredible set. It was an incredible atmosphere. Fremont Street, if you get a chance to see a show there in Vegas, their free shows downtown under that awning, old school Vegas, loved it. Loved the environment, the performance, the setting, just a really, really cool vibe out there. And a killer show from Sebastian and his band. That one jumps out at me. Same setting for Soul Asylum, a band I love to death. I got to see him one time, also on Fremont Street, same place, same time, actually, a few weeks later. But the only knock on that one was it was not their show. They weren't headlining, so they only played an hour set. But still, Dave Perner and company remain, in my opinion, way, way underrated. They should be way higher on festivals and bills, but it was great to get a chance to see them. Whenever I can see Soul Asylum, it's always special to me. I want to mention Iron Maiden, who I saw at the Pond in Anaheim or whatever it's called now, the Toyota Center. Uh, the thing about Maiden, you know, there was some, there's always going to be people that are going to debate the Iron Maiden set list and talk about whether, it, you know, they didn't play this, they should have played that. By now, you know what Iron Maiden are going to do because they repeat the same thing every single show. They never deviate on their set list. and. With a new album out, Senjutsu, they did open with three songs from it, and then they went to as many classics as they could do. They did do nearly two hours. But when you have a catalog as big as Iron Maiden, and you have a band that's like Iron Maiden that's still making new music, they, they you can't play it all, and it is what it is. But I was okay with the set list, and... I was okay with a few new songs, and then, of course, they played a lot of classics. I could have done without those Blaze Bailey songs yet again, but uh, the, the reason why Iron Maiden are in this rundown for me and, and jump out at me is it's amazing how good they still are after all these decades. It's amazing how great Bruce still is. They put on a massive stage show. 
and they do multiple nights in some places in arenas. Again, a band that gets virtually no airplay and is 42 years into their recorded career. So Maiden jumps out. And lastly, and again, I'm sure there's a ton of live shows that I'm forgetting about that I saw, but I can't hit them all. I just, one just jumped out at me, Cheap Trick in Vegas at the Strat. But anyway, this one I, I need to mention because it just happened and I got to be a part of it, but that's not why it's on my list. Metallica, Hard Rock in Hollywood, Florida. What was it, like a month ago? The tribute show to John and Marsha Z for Megaforce Records. The guys were nice enough to invite me, fly me out, have me go out on stage and say a few words about John and Marsha. Uh, that was incredibly cool for me to do, to have some closure on that and to be a part of that. And I thank Metallica for including me in that. But above and beyond that, as you probably well know by now, Metallica played at that show nothing but music from 83 and 84. To see them do only stuff from the first two records, Kill Em All and Ride the Lightning, and the night before I got to watch them rehearse it, mind-blowing. If you are an old-school Metallica fan, that was a a once-in-a-lifetime experience and opportunity. I doubt we'll ever see in our lifetime again a band as big as Metallica not play Enter Sandman, not play Nothing Else Matters, and play nothing but 83 and 84. And the work they put in to do that, I watched it in front of my own eyes. Of course, all real, all live, and they nailed it. And not an easy thing to do, that intensity, that consistent level of intensity of that early music, which was made at the time by guys in their 20s who are now in their late 50s, just amazing. So if you were lucky enough to be at that, you know what I'm talking about. I believe there's a recording of it on the band's website for sale, and you can hear it. But what a set list and uh, really a a once-in-a-lifetime thing. So that absolutely jumps out at me. Going for uh, reissues real quick. I want to mention the Creatures of the Night reissue that just came out for its 40th anniversary. If you're a fan of Creatures, it's a steep price tag. But man, is it really a cool box set. Also, the Dio remix of Holy Diver with the bonus stuff. Very cool. We did a lot with Dio this year. And also, of course, the Dio documentary, which is out there right now and on Showtime. The Triumph documentary finally coming out. Very, very cool. Um, the Use Your Illusion mega box set for that anniversary. My God, if you have that thing, that's crazy. The amount of extra stuff on the Use Your Illusion 1 and 2 box set that just came out very recently. So just a few things to shout out on that front. Of course, the Triumph documentary finally came out as well, a Rock and Roll Machine. And then just some thoughts looking towards next year that we, you know, just going to ponder openly here with you guys as we look to the new year to think about. I mentioned Aerosmith. What do they do? Do they continue? You know, uh, I mean, again, when you're dealing with bands and the members in their mid-70s, there's been rumors that Aerosmith are going to actually tour next year, but I'm not sure if that's absolutely going to happen or not, so we'll have to see. But when you've got those legendary bands late, late into their career and their life, 
you always have to wonder how much more is left. And I'm hoping, given how good they still are, that we will get more from Aerosmith in 2023. I don't know if it'll be in Vegas or a tour, but hopefully they'll be able to continue. I kind of touched on this earlier. What does Guns N' Roses do? We already know that they have dates announced in next year, but Guns N' Roses has now been touring, doing essentially the same show for seven years. And, the, you know, they're always going to be able to headline a festival. They're always going to be a marquee attraction. But I think that there is some jeopardy of fatigue setting in for them to go out and actually do a tour, especially in the absence of new music. As I said earlier, I, for one, don't think that they'll ever make new music, newly written music, but we'll see. But, they, you know, to spike the ball and to really create a whole new buzz, I would think they'd have to really do something interesting. The one story that I mentioned, if they're not going to do, do, do new music, which I think would get a lot of excitement, is play Appetite start, for fini start to Finish within the body of the show with Adler and Izzy coming back. Now, I'm not saying for a minute that's going to happen, but if you want to really get people talking and get them excited again, something like that would do it. I, I Again, seriously doubt it would happen, but... And again, they'll always kill playing these festivals and headlining festivals and all of that, but I'm just talking like... Are they going to be a full-time band? You know, are they going to actually make music and continue to function? I mean, we, we don't know, but I, I just think there's only so long. It's amazing. They've been able to do this for seven years doing basically the same show. Where does that go from here? We already know there's more shows next year, but we'll find out. What does Kiss do? They, they've been saying since uh, 2000, they're ending. They clearly aren't. They did say that they're going to do their final, final show, which was delayed because of COVID sometime in 2023, and they have a plan for that. I, for one, doubt it includes Ace and Peter, but they've said it will be in New York City, but I nobody knows anything more on that, but they continue to add dates. So are they ever going to really end? The other thing about Kiss is they're coming up on their 50th anniversary. Do you really think Gene and Paul are going to let that decade and that commemorative moment go by without monetizing it by touring. But how do you do that when you keep saying you're ending for years? So we already know they're playing next year, but uh, how does that, and does that actually wrap up? That'll be interesting to see. ACDC. Will they ever play a live show again? And if so, will it happen in 23? I think if it was going to happen, it has to happen in 23. Given the age of Brian Johnson, I don't think you can wait much longer. 10 years ago, he told me that he didn't know if he could still do it and then didn't. Now he's in his mid-70s, just going to get harder with every day that clicks by. We know they did the new album a couple years ago. There were some rumors of them playing in 23, but that's all dried up and I've not heard a word. And needless to say, if they played, it would be by far the biggest thing in terms of live shows, I think. So we'll see what happens with them. What happens with Journey? You know, as we wrap up this year, we are seeing lawsuits between two active members of the band, very public, and Neil Sean and Jonathan Kane. Neil Sean openly flirting with the idea on social media, bringing back Greg Raleigh. 
That'll be interesting to watch. How does this Pantera deal go? Now, they've done their first show. They've played. They've popped the cherry. They've played in Mexico. We know they're on a ton of festivals next year all over the world. Charlie Benanti recently saying he wouldn't be against new music with this version of the band. Does this last? Do they make new music? Or do they just be a cash cow on festivals around the world and shows around the world for the next couple of years? Does Anselmo hold up singing the stuff? Not easy on him at his age with a history of back problems on top of it. So that'll be interesting to watch. So far off to a good start. In 2023, Motley Crue makes their debut with John Five. In 2023, we will hear Motley Crue live for the first time ever without John, without Mick Mars playing guitar. And we now know that the first shows for Motley with John Five will take place in Atlantic City in February. They are continuing their alliance with Def Leppard as a co-headlining band, taking what was the stadium tour over to Europe, where it will just be Leopard and Motley flip-flopping throughout Europe later on in the summer. Uh, two American shows, though, as warm-ups, which will happen again in February and serve as the first shows ever played live by Motley Crue without Mick Mars on guitar. How will it be received? How will things go with John? What will the vibe be like? What will it look like on stage? We'll get all those answers very quickly uh, with shows coming up in early February in New Jersey to launch Motley Crue in their latest version and lineup. Will we see Ozzy ever actually perform live again? We know that Ozzy wants to play live. We know that Ozzy has been adamant about performing live and getting on that stage. Should he? Can he? Again, he has yet to walk across the stage, literally not being propped up, and we've yet to hear him sing live. So, look, I'd love to see it happen because it would show that he is capable of it and his health is improving. I think if we're living in the real world, I'd be utterly shocked if we saw Ozzy Osbourne ever perform tour and play a full show truly live ever again. We've seen inflatable Ozzy. We've seen virtual Ozzy. We've seen Ozzy at a sporting event, uh, singing to a track. Talked earlier about a new record, but we've yet to see an actual live performance and if we were, I would think it would have to be, again, given the age and the health concerns, I think it would have to happen in 2023. If I was a betting man, I'd say it doesn't, but we'll see. And of course, the big one, Van Halen. Year in and year out, we ponder Van Halen. We cannot figure out why Van Halen is so incapable of getting out of their own way. Why can't there be a tribute show with the people who want to do it? Why can't there be reissues? Why can't there be stuff from the archives? Why can't there be anything? And you can believe what you want and decide what you want and decipher what you want in all of this, but it is maddening for Van Halen fans. Will there ever be a tribute to Eddie Van Halen? Will there ever be some sort of event? 
Will 23 be the year? Or will it be another year of literally nothing as far as Van Halen? We know Wolfgang will be active. We know Wolf will be out there opening for Metallica. We know that Wolf is finishing a new record right now for 23 with his band Mammoth. But will there be anything for Eddie? And will there be anything more about this aborted tribute or performance or what have you? I think if we don't get it in 23, the ship has really sailed on it. We'll see. Mention one of my favorite bands is UFO. Phil Mogg had a heart attack. They were not able to do their farewell performances. I had been in touch with Phil, and he is now reconsidering his retirement. He said he, after he has recovered from his heart attack completely, he will consider possibly doing a few farewell concerts. My true hope is if he does, I'd love if they were in America, but at least be in London where the band is from. And it would be a dream if he brought back Michael Schenker and went and did uh, you know some shows channeling the old history as well. But on a personal note, and for those that are fans of UFO, if they were ever going to do anything again, I think 23 would be the year. And I truly hope that they don't end in this way with Phil having a heart attack and not being able to finish off these shows. The band already has had a lot of bad stuff happen as far as members passing away and all of that. So it'd be great to put a positive button on that band. And another classic British band, which we just don't have answers on right now, is Whitesnake. They attempted to do a farewell tour, and obviously that was fairly disastrous in that they got over to Europe and they were touring there and they were ravaged with sickness, with whether it be COVID or whatever else, ripping through that band, causing them to lose shows. David Coverdale having to cancel shows because of vocal issues, because of sickness, they folded their tent. They came home. They were supposed to do shows here in the U.S. with Scorpions. They pulled out of that. Have we seen the last of David Coverdale? Are we just going to continue to get reissues? Or is he going to attempt to do some sort of farewell performances, at least in the U.S., or finish what he started in Europe? We just don't have those answers yet. David remains very active on social media, but we just don't know what and if there is a future for Whitesnake after these recent cancellations and uh, we know he wanted to put a button on it we know he wanted to do a farewell but the you know where that goes is anyone's guess but it'll definitely be something worth watching for 23 and two more quick ones here looking ahead that i'm excited for and interested and hopeful for finally should get a new record from in my opinion one of the best bands in the last 10-15 years rival sons we know we got a new single in 2022. It's been a few years since their last album, Feral Roots, which was my favorite record that they made. So I'm extremely excited for its follow-up. One song out now, which means the album should come in 23. Super excited to get new music from them and also potentially a lot of touring in 23. They went out and did some shows here and there, but we'll see what they end up doing after a fairly long layoff as far as putting out new music and probably more extensive touring, I would think, in support of what is a new record coming that I'm personally very excited about. And along those same lines, The Winery Dogs, a band very near and dear to my heart, a band that we world premiered their new song, Xanadu, 
and a band that after a pretty long hiatus is going to release their third album, TW3, TWD3, uh, and that will be coming out in a few months. Third album from that band, a band that a lot of people thought was never going to last more than one record. Most of those super groups don't, but these guys have clearly carved out more time to continue this band around their respective other projects, a bunch of tour dates announced for next year, and several singles and videos coming, and a brand new third record coming from the Winery Dogs very, very soon. So I'm excited to have them back and looking forward to seeing where that all heads uh, with Mike Portnoy, Billy Sheen, and Richie Kotzen. Again, we world premiered Xanadu on this very radio show, and we'll continue to keep an eye and track that band. Phenomenal musicians and some great songs as well. All right, now I'm going to tell you right now, I guarantee you in the last two hours that there's a ton of stuff that I forgot about. And I also guarantee you that you guys, my amazing Trunk Nation audience, will remind me about all the stuff. <laughs> or at least bring it up, or at least buzz my balls about it, which I fully expect. But when you do something like this, it's very, very hard to remember it all. When you're in it every day to the length I am and the depths that I am, it's very, very hard to remember everything. But I hope I gave a good overview of kind of our world, most of my audience's world of hard rock and metal. Most importantly, just talking about those records, maybe it inspired you to seek some of this stuff out, reminded you that it came out. Again, the, sh the shelf life on this stuff is sometimes so tragically short and forgotten about. So really it's about creating that awareness for these things. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. Something a little different for you to close out the year. Uh, that originated on my radio show a couple weeks ago, my year in review special, just looking back on some of the releases from the last year and a few other thoughts on the year of 2022. And since this is the final podcast of 2022, uh, let me say to all of you, thank you so much for listening and uh, supporting the podcast. And again, if you're in the U.S. or Canada, I certainly hope you join me every day for Rock Talk interviews and interaction on Trunk Nation, Monday through Friday, 3 to 5 Eastern Time, live on Faction Talk 103 or anytime on the Sirius XM app. Don't forget the Monday show as well on Hair Nation, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern. And uh, there is a terrestrial radio show weekly out there. So thank you all for connecting with me however you do it. Of course, on social media as well, at Eddie Trunk, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook page. Thanks to Joel Pollack for producing the podcast and another great year. And uh, you guys enjoy the rest of the holiday season. And uh, I'll catch you next Thursday for another all-new episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Happy New Year, everybody. Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.